No time, no tools, big expectations. How do you transform school culture without derailing the train? Answer, little wins that bring big changes. The flywheel effect, harnessing the power of momentum to create a school culture that celebrates change and drives itself. Hello and welcome back to the Flywheel Effect. This is Jordan with Live School, and we've we've had a, a couple months off of the show, but we are back, and we're going to make some changes to the show that I want to introduce to you guys before we jump into the episode today. Uh, so, you know, the idea of the Flywheel Effect is it goes to you know, we were talking about school culture, implying that idea to school culture. We're talking about small wins or small changes that get momentum and eventually make big time results. So those, that change, the, those results, that good culture happens on its own. And the idea with the show is has a lot, a lot of times has been to have interviews where we have, you know, school leaders on and they tell you how they accomplish that. They tell their story and our interviews go, you know, 30, 45 to an hour. And you know, we've been great. We've had really good guests, but we did, I'm talking to school leaders and, this spring, we spent a lot of time traveling to campuses all across the country. Been in um, Jacksonville, Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, and Las Vegas, Nevada, all in the ba- on the past month or so. And you know, and as myself, I was also I was a science teacher. I was a dean of students. And I coached uh, baseball and football for a long time. One thing that really is evident to me, and I, I think it's going to resonate a lot with with our audience, the folks that listen to this show, is you guys don't have any time. You really don't. And I think that if you're going to tune into this show, I want it to be valuable for you as soon as you tune in. So we're going to get to the point, we're going to get to it very fast and our, our episode is going to be much, much shorter. And we're going to dive into topics and we're going to try to give you insights you can use in your school immediately. You know, even if it's just in the planning process or using it in the classroom or you're you're trying to use it at, at the admin level or maybe even the district level, we want to give you insights, stories, and deep dive and explanations and things that you can use right away. So I really want you to think about this show as going forward as professional development. And when you go to professional development, you need to walk away from that with something you can use. And that's the goal here. We want this to be the best professional development you can find. And we're going to deliver to you in podcast form. And we're going to try to keep our length of episodes down to, you know, 10 to 15 minutes or so. So you can, you know, get your information you need, hopefully, when the time you have your commute and you have your morning coffee to and from school. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our first episode just like that. And we're going to talk about PBIS. Specifically, we're going to talk about the tiers of PBS and why you should have those tiers. This goes really great with an accompanying episode we're going to release that is an interview with uh, Ms. Kathy Emerson talking about MTSS. So if you want to hear more about tier two and three, check out that episode. This one's really going to talk about tier one and how you sell PBS to your staff and how, why it's important that they understand that there are tiers to this program. So um, without further ado, let's talk about PBIS. Uh, for those not familiar, it's you know, positive behavior, intervention, and supports. And the idea behind it is you're going to have, you're going to shift your focus in your school from um, what you shouldn't do to what you should do. So we're, we're, we're trying to base everything around what we want to see more of in our kids in school. And 
That is a, a, a very subtle change. Now, that, and that subtle change has a big impact. And when the impact we're talking about is reduced referrals, you know, reduced discipline problems, which is in turn has reduced suspensions both in school and out of school. And all that in turn leads to more class time for kids, higher engagement for your, for your students. And all those things are, are, are positives that are going to be beneficial to your school and overall your school culture. That's why we, that's why we encourage, you know, PBIS. That's why we, we, we like this. That's why we want to get better at it. Now it's important to understand that it's a tiered system. And what we mean by that is think, think of a pyramid and the, you have the base of the pyramid that we would call that base 80%. And the goal here is that 80% of your kiddos can be supported by everything that's at that base. Here's where a lot of schools kind of kind of go wrong is they they just, you know, they focus on positive, but they don't really communicate that part to their staff that this is a tiered system. So you have this, you have this change from all, all these rules of what not to do, and you change these to these positive expectations. And everybody initially is on board. They say, that sounds great. Um, let's do that. And they, you know, it's sold to them as this is going to improve behavior across the board. And what happens is it works really well initially. And then because it's really only meant that tier one system really only addresses your issues for 80%. And that's the goal that, that, and that's, that's, that's the goal. That's what, how it's intended. You start seeing uh, different adults in the building notice that you still have some kids that are acting out. And here's the, and the reason they're acting out is could be for a lot of reasons, but the whole idea is, that your tier two and three structures, those supports, those are the things, those are the additional plans, the additional personnel, the additional sub- structures that are needed to support, you know, those kids should account for, you know, under 20%. And, and there, there's some very good reasons for 80 and 20% here. And, you know, think about it from an admin perspective. And this is all about how you would define those percentages and, and, you know, it, it's hard to think about it as grouping, but you can sort of have to because you have resources you have to use. But think about it this way. If 80% of your kids get zero or one discipline referrals or you know, the discipline infractions, however you define it, you can probably handle that from a admin team, counselor, social worker, um, behavior interventionist. You can, you can you know, divvy up those responsibilities and you can have a well-run school, you know, and they can get the structures and support they need to not, to, to eventually not need those structures, hopefully. So, you know, in, the, in some cases, but if let's say 50% of your kids in your building get more than one referral now you're talking about exponentially difficult, more difficult situation because all of your admin time is now taken up processing referrals and it becomes kind of a, a, a cycle of you're, just, you're always you know, working on discipline. You don't work on anything else. That's one of the reasons. And not to mention that, you know, you know, kids are not all the same. You know, some things work for some kids, some don't. Pretty much things that you could see in you know, schools everywhere. And that, that's what we've seen from our travels and what I've seen from my experience. But let's talk about the tiers and we'll focus the most of our time on tier one here because you know tier two and tier three, we can talk a little bit more in another episode, MTSS. So tier one, we call that universal. 
It's for all students in all settings. You know, we're talking about the expectations that you decide as a team, you know, this is what you should do in classrooms. You know, this is what we expect in classrooms, hallways, restrooms, cafeteria, auditoriums, all the places. Um, this is also your signage, the things that all students see and this, you know, very visible. This is the communication that goes out to everyone. It's also the school-wide rewards, things that everyone uh, is eligible for, everything's working towards. You know, if, you had, if you're going to have expectations, you need incentives for following those expectations. This is also your social-emotional skills lessons, you know, things that you offer for all your kiddos. Your Tier 1 team really needs to consist of you know, a, a coach, somebody who, who can oversee it. And this doesn't have to be an admin. It could be, it could be a teacher. I, I did this as, as a teacher. It can, you need an admin on the team. Somebody that can, it could be your head principal, could be somebody else, somebody that can communicate between those two groups. Any teachers from all grade levels and you need a parent. And here's the part that a lot of schools could improve on. You need student representation on that tier one team so they can tell you, Hey, these expectations, these are the things that we, we see what you're saying you, you expect of us. These are the things that we think that can help us be successful while we're here. Um, we talked to um, Callie Daugherty at Ward High School in West Virginia, and that's the thing. They 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 took their their behavior, their rubric for expectations. They handed it to students, and their students gave them suggestions and, and, and rewrote it. The same thing happened at uh, Cato Hills, Arkansas, um, Cato Hills High School in Arkansas. And they, they, having students involved in that expectations process, that design and the rubric process was a big deal. We'll have another episode on rubrics specifically. But tier one, we want all those things. And that's going to pretty much handle behavior school-wide for 80% of your kiddos. And we want to sell that to our staff as 80% need to be addressed by tier one structures. Here's some things to do in classroom that, that can help you out with, with small infractions and anything above that, you know, admin team can help. We're going to try that. We're shooting for this 80, 20, 80, 20 split. So that way that most of the things were handled by these structures we set up to begin with and the tier two and three stuff handles by admin team and the MTSS and so forth. So that is the basic structures of PBIS. And we're talking about why it's a tiered system and why it's important that you talk to your staff about, you know, different tiers, because once once they, they see those infractions, if if they don't understand that it's ideally 80%, they're going to see this as it doesn't work. And once they see that, they start you know implementing with less fidelity. And when they implement it with less fidelity, it, the structure starts breaking down in other places over the building. All of a sudden, you, you have a system that, that isn't effective overall. Hey guys, this is Jordan from Live School, and I want to take a quick break to share a story about one of our partner schools, Cato Hills High School in Norman, Arkansas. Cato Hills recently decided to make some dramatic long-term changes that would improve their school community. They began searching for solutions for things like tracking both positive and negative behavior, recognizing the students who are doing the right things, and refocusing their vision around what student behavior could and should look like at Cato Hills. That search for answers led them to Live School. With Live School, they've tracked 141,000 behavior events this school year, with 139,000 of those accounted for positive behavior reinforcement opportunities. Tracking behavior? Check. Recognizing students for doing the right thing? Check. If you'd like to learn how to improve student behavior and culture in your school, check us out at whyliveschool.com or follow us on TikTok at whyliveschool. Now, back to the pod. You see that a lot of places, and I'll tell you an example of 
you know, something that, that I really saw that was really the opposite of that was when I was visiting uh, Del Valley, Texas, and it was elementary school. And you saw from classroom to classroom, they all had the same structures, you know, the same things to get teachers' attention. They had the same things, I'm sorry, get, a, get a students' attention. And the same things across the board, the students knew the, the lingo, they knew the verbiage, they knew the things they needed to know everywhere they go across the building. So, the, the system held up across the building. And you can, you can think about if, if they took an fraction, you know, any kind of discipline event and said, Oh, well, this doesn't work. And then they stopped using those, those structures. It would have a negative kind of the opposite of the positive school culture flywheel talking about. It could potentially, you know, be a situation where the structure breaks down overall. So that's what we're trying to prevent. And why we talk about PBS and, and tiers and, understand that those main structures at the top, those are the things that if you do school wide can should address all issues up to 80%. And once again, that's not 80%, obviously is not all, but only having that 20% of issues dealt with by you know, your support staff, your admin team, that gives them a chance to adequately give those students the time they need and provide the structures that they need to make effective progress with those kiddos. So that is PBIS Tears and hope you guys have liked the new format. Hope you guys will listen next week. And if you are invested in this kind of content, I encourage you guys to check us out on TikTok at School. Instagram at Get Live School and on YouTube. Once again, that is also Why Live School. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. The Flywheel Effect, harnessing the power of momentum to create a school culture that celebrates change and drives itself.